Hi, welcome to the This Mama Needs Grace podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Capel. This is a podcast about a lot of things. Motherhood, marriage, coffee, running, routines. But above all else, this is a podcast about love. It is about grace, and it ultimately is about Jesus. Join me here every week where I turn my neat, typed-up blog content into a raw and honest conversation with you, my friend. Happy Tuesday and welcome to episode number 13 of the This Mama Needs Grace podcast. I might just need to change the day I release this podcast to Tuesdays because it seems to be the day I am actually ready to send it out. This has been a really exciting week. Lance and I are officially marathoners. We have our first marathon under our belt, and it was just an awesome day. After a week of focusing on the upcoming race and making sure we are doing all the small things right, nutrition, rest, recovery, hydration, Sunday we were able to really enjoy all the hard work and commitment. There were definitely some painful parts of the race. Um... Specifically for me, around that 14 to 15 mile mark, my mind definitely began to wander and doubt because I still realized I had 10, 11 miles left to go and I was starting to not feel as great. However, as a whole, I feel very thankful for my sub three hour result. I hit my goal, which was to be right under that three hour mark and I really am proud of this time and I am also very hopeful for future marathons to just continue to get it lower and lower. Lance also did amazing. He ran a 2.41 and had an overall 10th place finish. I would say probably my favorite part of the whole race was the Golden Gate Bridge segment. Not only was it absolutely gorgeous, the sun was rising up over the ocean, but this was the one portion of the race that I got to see Lance. He was heading back on the bridge as I was heading out. So we are on opposite sides, and as we passed, we waved at each other from across the bridge, and I just saw him, and I felt so proud of him. At that point, he was right with the leaders and was in the third place position. And I think seeing him running so well definitely gave me a little extra inspiration and energy early on in the race. We ended up both qualifying for Boston, so the plan is to run Boston next year, which we are already super excited about and already starting to plan and dream up goals that we would like to accomplish for that iconic race come April. So today on the podcast, I share my post I wrote up leading to the race um, and a reflection post-marathon. So in my first post, I gave 10 practical things you can and should be doing in the week leading up to your marathon. I talk about hydration. I talk about rest. I talk about recovery. I talk about even just like the way that you format your miles that week. Of course, it should be lower, but I think it's also important to have like a really short confidence building workout um, to just kind of help you realize that you are really, really fit and you're ready for that race in a few days. Um, In the second post, I share a reflection of what the marathon really meant to me. As the title suggests, it was actually much more than just a marathon. It was a postpartum remedy that helped me get back to a place of health and happiness. I know this week, in terms of my content, is heavy on the marathon, and you might not have any interest in running or marathons, but I really hope you can listen to my more than a marathon piece. I believe it has some helpful insights for anyone struggling with new motherhood and dealing with baby blues and just 
adjusting to their new roles as moms and just struggling in that postpartum life. I was certainly not myself postpartum and rekindling my relationship with running was a huge factor that helped me in this difficult postpartum season. Okay, so with that, enough rambling, let's get into it. Here are my posts from the week. Ten things to do week leading up to the marathon. This is the week, marathon week. As promised, this is the final post in my Marathon Wednesday series. This post was originally going to be a compilation of marathon inspiration from interviews I gathered from people who have completed marathons, but life happens and that idea just never happened. So instead, I am sharing a few things I am intentionally incorporating into my week to help with my performance come Sunday. While at this point, there is not much more I can do that will change my fitness, there are a few small intentional choices I've made this week to help me feel both physically and mentally ready. So, if you're gearing up for your fall marathon and have all the weeks of training carefully laid out but feel a little less certain about what that final week should look like, this one is for you. Here's a checklist of 10 things you should consider doing the week of your marathon. Number one, run less miles. Depending on who you ask, people will have different opinions of what your mileage should look like in that week leading up to the big 26.2. Most schools of thought can agree that cutting back on mileage is a good and necessary thing. However, there are some that don't believe in a full-on taper. The thing with training is that especially after all the major miles and workouts have been put in, the final week is more about your mental state. For some, they might feel better if they don't cut back a ton in mileage. For others, a significant cut down helps them mentally feel ready. While while I was initially resistant to cutting back a ton on the mileage, I've cut my runs this week down to either four or five mile runs. This is about three miles less per day. I am also taking the Thursday before the race off. This is putting me at about 21 miles before I race the 26.2. While there is definitely still temptation to squeeze in a few more miles this week, I know that those miles won't help. If anything, they could keep me from fully recovering and feeling my freshest in the race. Number two, run a workout that brings confidence. While there is no need to run a crazy workout during marathon week, a very short and easy workout is a good thing to incorporate to help give you confidence going into the race. I ran a workout on my normal workout day Wednesday. It was just extra short. This workout was solely for confidence. I ran the two miles about 10 seconds faster than my goal race pace and that was intentionally trying to go really easy and controlled. This was a huge boost in confidence. I finished those five miles feeling amazing. I highly suggest creating a light workout like the one above which was a two mile warm up two miles at goal marathon pace and a mile cool down to help remind you that even in your tiredness, all those miles and hard work paid off. You are fit. You are ready. Number three, drink lots of water. This is an obvious one, but especially if you're not great when it comes to hydration, this is the week to be extra intentional about it. Carry that bottle everywhere. Have a cup of water by your bedside. I used to be really great at drinking water, but ever since becoming a mom, I so easily forget to drink water for myself. I'm constantly putting Hudson's sippy cup in front of him, but I just don't seem to do the same for myself. This week, I am all about the water. I just sit and drink whole glasses and actually think about how that water is getting my body ready for the race. 
Number four, take an Epsom salt bath, sleep in compression socks, and roll. I just wrote a post about the importance of recovery. If you missed it, you can check it out here. Recovery is essential throughout training, but this week especially, I've been making sure I dedicate daily time to recovery. We just had our bathroom remodeled so we can now take baths. Taking an Epsom salt bath is a great way to relax your muscles and allow for blood flow. Every night this week, I have been sleeping in my compression socks. Again, increased blood flow. While I have not been great at rolling out during this whole training block, I'm trying to spend a few minutes rolling out before I go to bed. Number five, listen to inspiring marathon stories. While I typically listen to a variety of different podcasts, this week my ears are being filled with inspiring marathon stories. While who knows what I will be thinking about during the race, I like to think that I will carry bits and pieces of the motivation and inspiration I've listened to throughout my week. Number six, try to conserve as much energy as possible, early to bed and naps. I like to keep my days full and busy. While we still have relatively full days with getting runs in and then going to our church's BBS Vacation Bible School, I'm working really hard at trying to not use up too much energy. I'm letting certain things go this week. I know they will be there for me next week. While this one is harder for me, I am also trying to get more sleep in. We're working on going to bed slightly earlier. While I'm not really a nap taker, I'm taking my afternoon rest time more seriously this week. Number seven, focus on nutrition, but still eat cookies. Since I'm really just ready for fun right now, I haven't been going crazy with nutrition, but this week I really am focusing on making sure I get good, healthy calories in. Lunches are the hardest for me. I always make cuts in a nice big lunch, but for some reason I always find myself just snacking or eating random leftovers for lunch. This week I'm trying to put together more comprehensive lunches for myself. Our dinner meals are usually pretty healthy, but we are especially focusing on getting good proteins and healthy carbs. Think salmon, chicken, steak, rice, quinoa, pasta. Like I mentioned in the title, I am still eating sweets. Those cookies are necessary. They won't ruin a race. Number eight, visualize the race. All week, there has been a background track in my mind of me racing the course. I am present, but there is still part of me that has my mind racing. I'm playing out different situations. I'm imagining feeling super strong. I'm thinking of scenarios that could go wrong and how I will respond. I picture running in the pack and holding on when the pace changes. A healthy dose of visualization, regardless of the type of runner you are, is important. Even if time doesn't matter to you and the major goals to get to the finish line, thinking about running through the course is important. Think of any big important thing you do. You visualize how it will go. You plan, you prepare. Running in a marathon is a big important thing. You must visualize. Also, if this will be your first time on the course, I highly recommend finding a YouTube video or resources that take you through the whole course. We watched the course video a couple months ago, but we will definitely watch it again the night or two before the race. Number nine, break in race shoes. If you plan on racing a marathon flats, be sure to break them in. My pretty white and pink New Balance flats just came in the mail last week. Each day this week, I have been wearing them. I did one workout in them, and the other days I have just worn them for a few days out on errands. Number 10, do strides. Last but not least, do strides. These could be longer strides, like a minute, 
or they could be super short, like 20 seconds. The idea is to get your legs a, a little feel of moving quicker and getting some quick turnover in. I also use strides as confidence builders and work on my form. This week, I've not had a ton of time to do strides after my run, so instead I've used this last portion of my run to incorporate a few strides where I pick up the pace. This is a great sharpening tool. This is a cherry on top to weeks and weeks of hard training. Side note, strides are a great idea to do throughout training, but it hasn't been something I've been very consistent during, at doing during this specific training block. To those running San Francisco this week, or to those running a fall marathon, best of luck. Enjoy this final week of training. As my college coach used to always say, the hay is in the barn. It is. You've done the work. You've got this. Enjoy it. Push yourself. Believe you can. More than a marathon. 26.2. This is the number that has pushed me out the door. It's the number that reminded me of my strength and endurance that I thought I left behind in college. It's also the number that filled my postpartum days with rhythm, cadence, hope, and a sense of purpose. Don't get me wrong, being a mother to Hudson is purpose enough, but training for a marathon gave me something that was just for me. It pushed me to prioritize my own sanity and well-being. It gave me goals. It gave me something beyond changing diapers and making meals. In many ways, the choice to sign up for the San Francisco Marathon allowed me to finally feel more like myself. I get it. Running a marathon not, might not be your postpartum remedy. Maybe for you, it looks like going on that yoga retreat that you have been dreaming up or drafting that book idea that has been roaming in your head for years, or taking up gardening, cooking, knitting. Whatever it might be, I am convinced that as new mothers, it is essential for us to find something beyond our roles as moms, wives, and workers. Find the thing you are most passionate about and chase after it. It is so easy to say, I will pursue that passion when the kids are older, when I have more time, when I actually sleep through the night. A few months ago, before I signed up for the marathon, that is exactly what I said. Running a marathon doesn't make sense right now. I have a baby, I barely sleep, I will run one later. The more I thought about it, later was not going to be any easier to train for a marathon. Later likely means more kids, more schedules to balance, and even less sleep. I realized that right now was actually probably the simplest our life will ever be. Now was the time for 26.2. Life would not become any less crazy if I waited. Postpartum life is exhausting and draining, and in a lot of ways, it might not feel like the best time to pursue that passion project that has been brewing in the back of your mind. However, I am convinced that this is exactly the right time. Pursue that passion, set personal goals for yourself, and chase after it wholeheartedly. The marathon has been much more than just the marathon. In a lot of ways, it was never really about the marathon, not fully. It was about me. It was about that girl I used to be, the one that was competitive and driven and passionate. It was about running back to her. It was about getting back some of those traits I seemed to let go of for a bit. It was about re-meeting her, but also about showing her this new woman I've become. It was getting back some of the fierceness I had let go of and showing the old me the strength and confidence new motherhood has given her. In a lot of ways, it was a blending of worlds. It was never about getting back to that girl I was in high school or college. I would never want that. My life now is a million times more full and beautiful. However, it was about grabbing back that thing 
that drove me and pushed me and made me better. It was about reaching out back to running and squeezing it to fit back into my current life of diapers and nursing and baby snuggles. It hit me the most about how different my life is compared to when I used to compete and race. When the couple days leading up to the race, I was concerned not about a sore hamstring or a calf, but my chest, specifically my left breast. My body seemed to just not want to give up on producing milk. So even though I stopped nursing nearly a week before the race, one side was entirely still engorged leading up to the race. And I was freaking out about it. Every time I ran, it hurt. After prayers and hot showers, it ended up being fine for the race. But this is the perfect picture about how things change. And I love this change. I still can compete and race and train my heart out, but there are realities in my life, like milk supply issues, that keep me grounded and remind me that running is a good thing. I can still enjoy and pursue, but it is not the thing. Being a good mother is my focus right now, but that doesn't mean I need to throw out my other passions. It just will look different. As I ran the marathon on Sunday, I felt very proud. Of course, I was proud to finish it and finish well with a sixth place female finish in a sub three hour time, but my pride went far beyond that. I was proud I stayed committed to the intense training even when my life of left sleep and chasing after a toddler is not the best training conditions. I was proud that I could run competitively and put myself in the race, but still smile throughout. I was proud of those countless runs with the jogger that made both my arms and mind stronger. I was proud of those longer tempo runs where I pushed myself into uncomfortable places and was reminded that I still have speed left in these legs of mine. I was proud of those 20 milers completed in Malaga Cove and always hitting the mileage even when my legs wanted to stop. In the unpredictability of motherhood, it is nice to have one thing that you can control. While racing and running can also be unpredictable, you still have control leading up to the race. You have the control whether you complete the runs or not. You have control of the pace. You have control of the moments you push yourself and the ones you hold back on. Those first few months postpartum, I was drowning and overwhelmed by the fact that I felt I had lost all control. I could not control when or how he wanted to eat. I could not control when he slept. I could not control when he decided to cry. This loss of control brought me on my knees to the bathroom floor. Motherhood has been my very needed lesson and reminder that I am not the one in control. God is. It showed me how I needed to let go of my very tight grip on things. While my ever-controlling heart learned to let go of things outside my control through motherhood, running reminded me that there are certain things I can still have control of. I still have control of my attitude and whether I step outside and push myself or not. Attitude and miles, I have control of that. So if you have recently entered postpartum life and are drowning like I was, I hope this can serve as encouragement to sign up for something. It doesn't need to be a marathon, but it could be. Sign up for any race distance. Sign up for that retreat I mentioned above. Sign up for that hip hop class. Sign up for that calligraphy class or that ceramics class or that knitting class. Sign up for something that fills you up and reminds you of your unique giftings. You are more than a mother. You're more than a wife. 
You are a daughter of the King, and He made you with a great purpose. Live out that purpose. Sometimes to follow that purpose and His will for your life, all it takes is signing up. He will take it from there. That is all for this week. I hope you enjoyed. Again, like I say every week, I really appreciate those who are tuning in and listening. And if you feel so called, I would love, love, love if you would go on over to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Again, we're still in the early stages and I really want to get this to more ears and I want it to grow and have more people listen to This Mama Needs Grace. So I would so appreciate it if you could go and give me a rate and a review it would mean so much we will not be here next week we are, i'm going to be taking the week off we're going to hawaii with our family so i'm looking forward to just again stepping away from work for a little bit and resting but i will be back in two weeks so i hope you have a great couple weeks and i will see you when i see you have a good one mm-hmm.